afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. The Thursday is upon us and we're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. PJ Conrad joins us today from Trade Offs. And for the most part, I mean, we're looking at some sunny skies. We got some rain, but it was very spotty showers. But those that got the rain needed the rain from what I've been understanding. Yeah. And I think you up north, east Nebraska caught some pretty heavy showers last night. Uh, which would be the theme of 2019. But yeah, definitely some good rains and, and beautiful day with the heat too. I think everyone could use a shot of rain. You, know, you kind of drive around the countryside and there's some pivots going now and didn't think we'd be running those, especially this late in the year. But uh, September's feeling more like August and August felt more like September. So here we are, but it's probably helping dry the corn down and, and everything's going to be right upon us before we know it. You know, and talking with guys all across the upper Midwest, the, the desire for the heat has definitely been there. We know it's moving across Minnesota into Wisconsin into Illinois, et cetera, and they need it. You know, you talk about, I think last time, you know, a month ago, we were talking about if we could have a perfect ending to the growing season, it would be some heat. And not that that's perfect for everyone's circumstance, but I do think uh, everyone would like to see a little bit of heat to dry things out a little faster and progress this crop along because, you know, a short 90 or, you know, 60 days ago, people thought harvest would be mid-October, and all of a sudden now there's some bean fields turning. I think next week we're going to see a lot, a lot of new crop beans come off, and you fast forward to corn, there's going to be some wetter type corn that starts coming off next week in areas and follow up to the beginning of October. We're going to see you know relatively dry corn. So, exciting time. Harvest is always fun. You just hope uh, everybody is excited to, to get everything going and yields are as good as they hope. Well, the reason I bring that up is because many are saying weather really is a non-issue at this point in the market trade. But for a non-issue, it's sure being talked a lot about. It is, and I think uh, you know it's just funny. And you're going to find circumstances that aren't perfect for everybody in every situation. So you know, a month ago they were saying you know maybe this cool weather isn't good for the end of the growing season uh, on corn and grain fill and this and that. We need some heat. We need we're behind growing degree days, and now the heat's here. And well, we're finishing the crop too fast. So. We're always going to find a narrative to maybe be a little bit upset about, but at the end of the day, I think this is what we needed is a, is a quick t- end to this year, and we'll see what the crop brings. I mean, the late planted corn is going to be what it's going to be. Uh, maybe it lacks some test weight, but that's something we're not going to know until the combines roll. Uh, nice part is the markets have picked up pretty decent in the last seven days and some positive export sales today, so that's always exciting. Um, that being said, what kind of follow-through can we see? Corn finished up a penny and three quarters, and that's been a positive little run this week but it's just been choppy i don't know really what does anything to jolt us higher going into the end of the month are we going to see any change to the basis i mean we've had some really good numbers at even the local elevators compared to what we saw a year ago yeah i think on average basis is say running 10 to 15 cents better just kind of harvest type values than we were a year ago at least and ethanol there's been a lot of great values tossed around i mean some first half october numbers are still really good um, so for having 2.4 billion bushels of corn laying around the countryside, we sure got a pretty hot basis. So that's going to be something to keep your eye on, obviously, and and having those conversations now with guys saying, hey, if we can go after some of this wet corn, can you dry it down? Can we hit some of this early harvest premium at, say, anywhere from 10 under to, you know, 6 under to 10 under, and depending where you're at. But a lot of good opportunities here, even if you don't love the price take advantage of the basis and see if you can get some price action you like going into the end of November. I think that's where the big financials are going to step in too, is can you afford to dry it down if it needs to be? Yeah. And that's, I mean, 
drying costs every year. That's always the numbers people are trying to run. And what what do you lose in the field if you let it dry down to seventeen or or whatever? But I th- still think you got to be cognizant of what's out there and say, well, I, I might be spending a little bit more on drying, but my other opportunity is sp- or losing some money on basis too. So you kind of weigh those odds. And then there's also, uh, especially in a year like this where we had all the wet weather, how much uh, how tender is that stock? to a wind event not that every year it isn't but maybe this year's a little bit heightened with the all the water runoff we had maybe some of the lack of nutrients so that being said i think bushels in hands always better than bushels in the field and we're the time of year you don't want to see a windstorm come through after already a devastating 2019 for a lot of people could be even worse now we're gonna see some pressure and maybe see the margins improve a little bit for ethanol yeah they've really picked up here recently and what a wild Wild weekend we had with uh, everything going on in Saudi Arabia and oil spiking and then kind of coming back. So, you know, it's been fun. I guess uh, volatility creates opportunity. But, you know, you're talking a, what, a, a $6 range here on crude oil on the week. And that probably doesn't change a whole lot. We're trying to go back and fill that gap where we were last weekend. So oil oil is a little bit more prior. Uh, ethanol is profitable now. You know, I saw 20, 30 cents a gallon they're making. So hopefully they can keep chugging along here. Exports were good. If we can get a few weeks prolonged of this, and then any kind of production issue is just a little bit more heightened. But demand's definitely been the driving story all year, and that really isn't going to change, I don't think, moving forward either. Some bullishness maybe going on in the soybean market? Finally. Um, hopefully <laughs> hopefully get a good uh, run here. I mean, a little step back. We were down five yesterday, up five today. Um, you know, seasonally speaking, we don't get a lot of opportunities post this time of year. Um just telling a guy today, you know, you look at the last 15 years, you should be a seller at these type of prices. Uh, you flip to this year, and it seems like you can find a way to be bullish all the time. And every year is kind of that way, but there's probably heightened risk this year with how late everything was planted. So you got some of the late plant issues that, that could propel us higher if yields are off. And you also have uh, the ever-changing China-U.S. talks. And so I think we had some talks today and, the, and then more coming laying the groundwork today for the big talks in Washington to start the month of October. In the event we were to get something done there or some sort of adjustment to tariffs, you would see the market react pretty swiftly. Well, we're ready for it, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up. We'll take a look at where we're sitting uh, export number-wise. As we, You heard PJ just talking about the trade working with China. We know that Japan, that could be quickly passed as well with a quick signature from the president and also the happenings that are going on in the livestock side of the market trade. Some Thoughts on what we're going to see? A question coming from a listener in regards to the feeder cattle market. So stick around. Lots coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if some of the things you've heard about retirement and tax planning are myth or reality? Tune in Sunday mornings to Make Retirement Work to find out what's true. That's Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. here on 880 KRVN. Check in for agriculture headlines by checking out the Rural Radio Network on Twitter. Follow us at Rural Radio Net. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As PJ Conrad joins us here in studio, let's talk about uh, where we're sitting export number-wise in the grains. I know you kind of alluded to the fact that we've got some discussions going on right now with China. We know that Japan 
is supposed to be getting finalized this month, but where are we sitting number-wise for the fall? You know, exports came in really good today for last week. Um, obviously, beans were the big talk last week as China was buying more. Um, it's nice to see them return and buy some. And it's the type, time of year they typically do. Um, so hopefully, uh, with good faith showing, maybe we get something done trade-wise and things really take off. And they're still going to try to buy the cheapest beans possible. But that being said, any kind of renewed step into the market, you know, we were at 63.5 million bushels uh, export for last week and, and 57.7 on the corn side, both well above trade expectations. So it'd been nice to see, I guess, a little bit more pop in the markets because of it, but that's just the way things are going to play out. But if you have a few weeks like this consistently is what we need to see and, and try to get caught up. Not that it's going to be perfect, and we're not going to get caught to where we need to be, especially on the soybean side of things. Um, that being said, though, moving forward, is any renewed demand is long-term going to be good for us? Uh, the question is, I guess, at what point is, if we do get a deal done or some sort of reduced tariff, uh, how big do they step in, or is it all going to be uh, a lot of lip service, not a lot of anything being done about it? So at what point do you think we're going to really start to see some true harvest pressure working into this market? You know, I think here in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, you kind of think about beans. The maturity is all over the board, no matter where you're at. I think a lot of it comes down to planting date, but you're going to face some harvest pressure in this bean market, especially here shortly. Uh, from a basis aspect, things have gotten a little bit better in the last week, to be honest. Um, some of that comes with the renewed buying out of the PNW from China, and that's helping uh, Nebraska basis anyways firm up a little bit. And it's not in a big way, but enough that – I still think you want to bend your beans if you can because there's going to be opportunities from a basis aspect. But that being said, I think moving forward, you just got to keep your eyes open to any market opportunities that come our way. Let's jump over to the livestock side. And I know there was some, speaking of Japan, there were some tweets that maybe we were going to see some lower numbers when it came to tariffs and U.S. beef. Is it just rumors at this point or what are you hearing? You know, I've seen some tweets on it. I think the same thing. It's like, Take it as rumor until it's fact. I mean, that's where that's where we're at with it. It's you know maybe a year ago we would have really rallied on that news, but we've heard so much of it between the beef side of things and also the soybean side of things that who knows what's actually true. That being said, it is nice to see this cattle market rebound from where we were seven days ago. Now we didn't have a great day today. Uh, Ock finished down about fifty cents and Dees down thirty, but still. Uh, up on the week for sure and i think any any kind of renewed buying moving forward will be good you know we got to get through some of this contract cattle um and go from there and i think we'll see higher prices there's a massive gap in that chart that hopefully we can revert back towards those moving averages we have a cattle on a feed report that comes out tomorrow as well and hopefully provide some fireworks too i haven't seen the estimates on it but man we could use something to push this market forward and typically those reports as the usda ones always are like to throw us curveballs so the hogs i mean there's been a lot of struggles we know that african swine fever yesterday was announced it is spread into south korea which doesn't come as a surprise with north north korea having it since may what are we seeing in this hog market that might excite them to get back into some stronger positive territories you know it's it's kind of crazy and the way the markets have reacted is overreact overreact and then we you know, take things down. So you, you look at, say, uh, hogs today, the high of that contract's 95.30, and now we're at 61.45. So to put that in perspective, I mean, that's a heck of a move, and we're actually, you know, dang near the low is 59.30. Can we get a bounce back? I think the same thing, and whether it be corn, beans, or any kind of livestock, we've, we saw some really great opportunities. 
only for him to be ripped away from us. And so now we sit here and the moving averages are well above where we're at. You know, any kind of market's typically going to see some sort of retracement. And so the retracement back on hogs would take us back towards 74. And, you know, is it a China deal? I mean, obviously, we could sit here and talk about that. that that's going to be the catalyst to move us higher. That being said, without that, do you just see some technical buying? Because our, our demand at some point is going to have to go up with all, the, all these other countries having African swine flu. Quickly, uh, listener question is on these feeder cattle. Where's the profitability as they look at, at doing some selling? You know, I think uh, right now, if I'm uh, I've run a feedlot or owning cattle, I'm definitely looking out and saying, do you want to go make hedges on them today? Probably not. I mean, we're at the lower end of the range, but do you look at putting some downside on and say buying some puts? And you might say, well, those are 4 to $6, uh, and that's a lot of money to throw at it. That being said, could we see a $20 move higher? I mean, these are all things that you look at. The market typically reverts back to some sort of mean, and we've seen a widespread, like I just said. So you got to think, protect yourself on the way down, and it might be hard today to say, I'm going to go buy calves, and that makes sense to go hedge off today to make a, a large profit margin or even a, a modest profit margin. But put yourself in position to not lose a ton on the way down, but also put yourself in position to, to capitalize on any move up. And I think the hard part with any kind of profitability, whether it be corn, bean, cattle, is it's a lot comes down to your personal management and what it looks like on your farm. All right, sounds good. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7501 or find us online at gotradeoffs.com. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.